We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken. And uh, tonight is the season three premiere of the podcast. Um, as you can tell, I've wasted no time getting to season three. <laughs> and um, and there's actually going to be an episode, a new episode tomorrow night. It's going to be a movie review, so stay tuned for that. But uh, on tonight's episode, I wanted to talk about... Uh, well, today is the, if you didn't know, today is the 20th anniversary of when Adult Swim first premiered. It first premiered uh, September 2nd, 2001. And um, and a few months ago, I was thinking of, uh, about doing something Adult Swim related to Adult Swim since its 20th anniversary was coming up. So I figured, um, I figured why not watch the original uh, lineup? all the all the uh shows that were on Adult Swim's original lineup back when the uh back when it first premiered. So that's what I'm going to do. So uh well, I mean I'll, I'll review them, but it's it's going to be a ranking um list. So uh I'm going to be ranking the five original Adult Swim shows from the original lineup. Uh ranking them from least favorite to most favorite as usual. And um and yeah, that's uh what this episode is going to be about. So, um, with that being said, uh, let's dive in. So, yeah, so Adult Swim uh, was created by uh, Cartoon Network's original head programmer and executive vice president, uh, Mike Lazo, um, uh, through his, kind of through his production uh, company, William Street. And um, basically, the block grew out of Cartoon Network's uh, attempts at airing um, shows appropriate for an older demographic, specifically, you know, the teens and young adults who might, you know, be watching the channel after 11 p.m. And originally, Adult Swim used to air only on uh, Sundays and, I believe, Wednesdays at 11 p.m. But uh, as time went on, it eventually uh, became a an all-week thing, and, um, and the time... Uh, when the block started, uh, began the block began airing earlier than eleven. On it began airing at ten and then nine. I think it airs at like eight thirty or nine now, which is kind of early, but but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so it originally was only for like two nights a week at eleven p.m. and uh, the the first f- uh, few shows on the um, on the block. Uh, were mostly Adult Swim original shows uh, and a few other adult cartoons that they picked up from other networks and began airing or began airing them there. But uh, I'm I'm only going to count the shows that were originally made for Adult Swim and aired on Adult Swim. I'm not counting shows that were picked up from other networks and then brought to Adult Swim. So, um, but yeah, so the the block. Well, t- uh, actually, the first show, it began with uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Um, it aired in 1994, you know, a few years, you know, well into a few years before uh, Adult Swim would even premiere. So this was basically Cartoon Network's uh, first attempt 
at trying to create uh, programming that was geared towards an older audience. Like I said, the teenage and young adult demographic, uh, you know, like the 18 to 34 demographic in a way. Um, so uh, it worked well. A lot of people liked it. And basically the show uh, – well, actually, I'll get into what the show's about in a minute when I go over the ranking. But yeah, so so the show wor- worked well. And then eventually when Adult Swim uh, premiered uh, in 2001, they moved it over to the Adult Swim block instead of it just airing on Cartoon Network, you know, because they they finally created the block and they figured, hey, this was the first show that we created geared towards an older audience. It worked well. Let's put it on the block, you know? And so it went on the block as well as uh, the next four shows, uh, The Brack Show, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, and Sea Lab 2021. Um, and all of their pilots aired on December 21st and December 30th of 2000 between like 4 and 5 a.m. and uh and they and they were airing they were trying to air pilots for newer shows while Space Ghost was on hiatus. Uh it was like on on a break in between seasons. So they aired um four pilots, four different pilots for four different shows for the uh upcoming block. And then it premiered of course the following September on, on the second. Um, so yeah. So, um, but yeah, so now, uh, okay. Yeah. With that being said, uh, let's get into, uh, my list, uh, my top five, um, or not top five. I mean, it is a top five, but with that being said, let's get into the ranking of the five original adult swim shows. So, uh, first up at number five, we have space ghost coast to coast. Now, fun, funny enough, when I was watching the show for the first time uh, about a month or a, a month and a half ago, when I started binging the shows, I um, I thought that it was probably going to be higher on the list. But of course, that was in, that was after or that was before I had watched the the rest of the shows, and um, but it's still. I mean, just because it's at the bottom doesn't mean I don't like it. Like, it's still it's still a very funny show, very clever. It has, I mean, I, I don't know great animation. It has good animation, but but see, the the gimmick, uh, or not gimmick, but the thing with, uh, like, three out of five of, those sh- of the shows from the original lineup is that basically they took, because, like, they were trying to find, um, you know, new shows that would work, you know, like they were trying to find new shows with an interesting premise. And, um, and basically what they did in the beginning, like a lot, a lot of the five from the original lineup were basically just, uh, retooled Hanna-Barbera cartoons like C-Lab 2021 was actually originally a Han- an old, rather, uh, not underrated, but rather, at the time, unpopular uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon, Sea Lab 2020. And Space Ghost Coast to Coast, obviously, was uh, from like a um, from the 1960s uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon, Space Ghost. So, um, so, yeah, so like three out of the five of the original shows were basically either retooled Hanna-Barbera cartoons with a different premise, you know, just placing the characters plucking the characters from 
one specific, you know, from the plot of the original show and putting them in a new, uh, putting them in a new setting and a new era, a new, you know, taking them outside of their comfort zones, you know, putting them in their own, in their own different, own unique, uh, situation, situations and, and everything. And, uh, but with Space Ghost, it was a, it's a pretty funny concept because basically the show is, uh, it's, well, it's Space Ghost hosting a late night talk show. And that's a pretty interesting idea for a cartoon, uh, an animated talk show, late night talk show. And, uh, but it's basically him hosting this talk show on his planet of Ghost Planet, uh, along with his, uh, two of his recurring villains from his 60s cartoon, Zorak, this giant mantis, uh, this giant evil mantis man, um, who is the leader of his, uh, band, uh, in, on the show. And Moltar, who is the, uh, showrunner and engineer, um, who works behind the scenes. And, um, and basically, that's pretty much the show. The show is just them. <laughs> the show is just them, uh, you know, uh, performing, uh, performing the talk show and uh, interviewing all of these celebrities who actually appear as themselves. I mean, they don't appear in person. They're on like a TV monitor. But I mean, but it's uh, the real the real life version of the celebrities that they're interviewing, not just like an animated version of them or or not, you know, not, no fake celebrities or no anything, you know, it's, it's legit, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's basically them interviewing the celebrities and usually things just going to shit or just things going completely off the wall and, and, you know, and because Space Ghost is an idiot most of, most of the time, uh, the (laughs) the talk shows that each episode just, you know, goes completely and horribly wrong or completely just it's it it just like they completely go off topic like half the time and he always he always he's not really that good of a talk show host but but because he's got such a big ego he thinks that he's you know a gr- this great you know late night talk show host and this great superhero and he's always you know he's he's so braggadocious he's always bragging about about himself and and always, and always, and almost, and also always, kind of just treating Zorak and Moltar like like shit. Like he always blasts every time he blasts Zorak, and you know, just for the most pettiest, for the pettiest shit. Um, and um, and you know, it's but it's just it's very funny. They have a very funny dynamic. Like whenever Space Ghost isn't being an asshole to Zorak and Moltar, you know, uh, they can actually all kind of have a good time. But but because, like I said, they're prisoners of Space Ghost, uh, Zorak and Moltar tend to have fun at Space Ghost's expense. You know, they tend to sometimes just screw with them just just to have a good laugh. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, but yeah, the show. Yeah, so it was on for a while. For a while, it premiered on April fifteenth, nineteen ninety four, and it ended on December seventeenth. Or no, no, wait, no, it ended on. Um. It ended in 2008, or no, wait, April 12th, 2004, and then there were two final seasons released on GameTap from 2006 to 2008, so it had 11 seasons and 108 episodes, so it ran for, for a good while, and, um, but no, yeah, it was, it was great, um, it, it was, it was good, I mean, it, just because, like I said, it's my least favorite doesn't mean that it's still not a good show, it's a good show, it's just, it, 
it wasn't as consistently funny or as engaging as the uh, some of the shows further down the list. So, um, but yeah, that, that, but there were that being said, there were some great episodes. Uh, like the uh, let's see, let me let me look through what are some. Let me let me look through the list of episodes. Um, the let's see. Um, oh yeah, the first first uh, season uh, banjo, where uh, Space Ghost is um, is taking care of a sea monkey and then he turns into a giant monster and destroys the studio. That was a great one. Um, let's see what else. Uh. That's another good one. I don't know. There's so many. Um, oh yeah, um, the season two finale, Woody Allen's Fall Project, which is basically just a reenactment of old episodes done in live action, uh, was pretty good. Um, but yeah, there's so many, uh, so many good ones. There's, there's one in in uh, you know from. One in a later season being the moms of the of Mike Lazo and some of the other uh, like higher ups that work that worked at Cartoon Network at the time, basically just giving a commentary on an episode we haven't witnessed yet. Like it's it's an episode of the show, but we had never seen it before, and it's the whole episode is basically just them giving a commentary on the episode, and, <laughs> which is great, and uh, and it makes it even funnier too because you're watching the episode. And like I said, you know, with no prior knowledge of that episode, it's, you know, and you're trying to figure out what's going on and listening to them, it just makes the episode even funnier. And, um, and yeah, it's just, but I mean, there's too many great episodes to go. There's too many good episodes to go over. Um, but yeah, there's the, they're, they're all just, they're all of a consistently good quality, but I mean, you know, it's just. It just wasn't as funny as, or, or as consistent as some of the others later down the road, but um, but it was still good, and and the voice acting is really good too. Uh, George Lowe does a great job at like playing this, you know, cocky, you know, <laughs> stupid superhero uh, of Space Ghost, and C. Martin Croker does great as Zorak because he's got this really gravelly voice, and um. And Andy Merrill, Andy Merrill was, uh, he, uh, I think, was he, bra- oh, wait, no, oh, yeah, uh, I forgot, C. Martin Croker actually voices Zorak and Moltar, so I, th- I thought that was pretty cool, he does both of them, um, he does a pretty good job as Moltar as well, and, uh, and, yeah, it's funny, because I've completely, he does such a good job, I completely forgot that he was both of those characters, um, but, yeah, so, so a good a good good uh good show. They had a lot of great guests like Mark Hamill. Um who else did they have? <laughs> Sorry, I'm blanking on it for a second. Um But yeah, anyway, they had a lot of uh they had a lot of guests. Um Mark Hamill, Dave Grohl, um who else? Uh William Shatner Willie, oh yeah, Willie Nelson was on a few episodes. Um, Dave Thomas, Buster Rhymes, Triumph, the in- Insult Comic Dog, Jerry Springer, Hanson. 
Oh yeah, Dennis Leary, Michael Moore, Je- Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, see, because it's because I was blanking on it for a second because it's been a few weeks since I've seen the show. I'm like, how many celebrities you know were actually in there? But um, but yeah, so good show. It just wasn't my favorite because the others on further down the list are funnier to me and uh, and just more interesting. So, um, all right, coming up at number four, we have. Let's see. Coming up at number four, we have, um, oh yeah, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Now, um, this show is pretty funny too, and this is another one of the shows, like I said, that was uh, basically taking a failed or not as popular Hanna-Barbera character from a failed, somewhat failed Hanna-Barbera cartoon, in this case, Birdman, who also ironically is a soup it was a superhero uh from Hanna Barbera uh and basically just taking him and placing him in a different situation than what he's normally used to. So instead of fighting crime, uh you know, like Space Ghost used to in his show, uh instead of fighting crime, Harvey Birdman is a lawyer. And the uh premise of this show is basically just him uh, I mean each episode has a trial and uh he basically defends uh, various different Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. Like, uh, you've got, like, one episode, he's, uh, interview, or not interviewing, <laughs> sorry, that space goes on the brain. In one episode, he's, um, um, in one episode, he, he's, uh, on a trial, uh, defending, uh, Fred Flintstone, and, uh, which, it was a great episode, uh, basically parodying The Sopranos and The Godfather, where, it was like Fred was a mob boss and, uh, <laughs> that was a great episode. And then one episode he's, um, he's defending, uh, Scooby and Shaggy. Uh, like there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of funny cases that they end up taking and, and like they end up taking the characters from these Hanna-Barbera cartoons and, uh, having a certain aspect of their personality or something that they do, um, be a part of their trial. Like, uh, yeah, like, okay, going back to Scooby and Shaggy, like, uh, you know, the joke about them always being high and stoned, uh, whenever they're, um, in every episode, whenever they're on any, uh, mystery with the, uh, with the crew, um, you know, because the, because of the laughter, the excessive eating and the, you know, and, and, and just the fact that they can be, they can be stupid sometimes. Uh, you know, like all signs pointed to, you know, them being stoned off their asses pretty much. And that's basically what, um, you know, that's what people have said for the longest time is that, oh yeah, they're stoned, you know, like they've all, everyone's made that joke, you know? So I love that that was one of the episodes where, um, um, basically Harvey was, uh, trying to, uh, prove that they weren't in possession of marijuana and, um, Let's see, what are some other ones? There's one uh, with Secret Squirrel where uh, he was charged with uh, indecent exposure, but the, his whole gimmick is that he opens his trench coat to get out any weapons or gadgets or, you know, news or anything that anything that he needs, he keeps in his trench coat. But this woman sued him for indecent exposure because he no- wears nothing under his trench coat, even though he wasn't trying to expose himself to anyone. Uh, so, you know, Harvey rep- represents him. Um, let's see who else, um, he represents, uh, Boo Boo after, 
uh, uh, because after he's claimed to be an eco-terrorist, uh, trying to, you know, save the, uh, trying to save the forest and go to whatever means necessary to do it. And, uh, but yeah, so, so it, it's that this show, in my opinion, uh, its premise is a little more creative than space ghosts. And that's also, and, and also it's a little funnier too. Uh, and that's why it's, a, um, at the number four spot. Um, but in addition to, uh, him interviewing or not, why do I keep saying interviewing? Uh, in addition to him representing, uh, all of these different Hanna-Barbera characters in, uh, in every episode and, uh, taking on their, uh, cases and going to court, which is, which is always fun to see, uh, in every episode, but it's, but the, uh, characters as well are also pretty funny and well-written because you've got, uh, Gary Cole, who is the, uh, voice actor for Birdman. And he, in a way is similar to Space Ghost where he's, you know, kind of, kind of stupid, you know, kind of, kind of an airhead. Uh, but kind of, but still very determined and, and a little bit cocky and, um, but he's, he's a little more down to earth. I mean, he's not as, he's not, he's nowhere near space ghost levels. Uh, but, but uh, Gary Cole does a great job of, uh, of giving off that, that sort of persona in, in his voice. And, um, and then you have, uh, Stephen Colbert, who's, who's a very funny, who's a very funny comedian and, and, um, talk show host as well. Uh, but he, he voices, uh, his, uh, his boss, Phil Ken Seben, who's the owner of the law firm that he works at. And then you've got his assistant, uh, Peanut and, uh, he's got, uh, and then he's got like a little sidekick bird, uh, uh, Avenger and, um, Reducto, who is always the, uh, who's the plaintiff who's always like on the opposing side of, um, of Birdman's, uh, trials. And, uh, he has this funny gimmick. I, I always crack up at it. Uh, I mean, it's so simple, but it's, it's just funny. Like he's basically got this thing where he, he's always paranoid for whatever reason. And he's got this shrink ray and he always threatens to shrink people with it. And so, and, and more often than not, he ends up, he always ends up shrinking a few people in every episode. But, uh, but he always has a fear of things, I guess, bigger than him. And, and so he, so he always just, he's always constantly paranoid running around threatening to shrink people. And it's, it sounds stupid, but I mean, in in a way it's, it's kind of a funny running joke. I mean, you'd kind of have to see it to, uh, to, I guess, understand it, but, but it's pretty funny, I think. And, uh, and then there's the, uh, the judge, well, sometimes it's a different judge, but, about half the time, uh, Mintok the Mind Taker, who is another Birdman villain, uh, Re- yeah, Reducto, um, uh, Mintok, and then, uh, X the Eliminator, who, oh, and the Duplicator, too, uh, they're pretty good, but X is basically, like, this washed-up villain who is still after, you know, in the premise, or the joke is that, oh, yeah, it's been 40 years since, you know, he last fought with Birdman, you know, and, and that being, uh, a reference to the fact that the original Birdman uh, cartoon was, uh, you know, was from the 60s. So it's like, oh, yeah, 40 years later, he's still a washed up, pathetic loser, you know, trying to <laughs> defeat Birdman. And and, and I always like that dynamic between the hero and the kind of sad, pathetic villain who you kind of in a way root for because he's so sad and pathetic. But the but the very 
very pathetic villain who's always trying to defeat the hero and never does. Um, <laughs> you know, because they always they they usually always try to uh, th- add some comedy with him, and, and you know, to to where he's not like completely a hundred percent evil, and uh, he's pretty good. And then uh, the duplicator who hasn't uh, doesn't have too too many episodes, but he shows up later in the series. He's he's an interesting villain. I would have liked to have seen a, a little bit more with him actually. Uh, but Lewis Black voices him, and as soon as I watch the episode where his character first shows up, I'm like, that's Lewis Black. I love Lewis Black, because he's one of my favorite comedians, so hearing him, hearing him voice (laughs) his character kind of looks like him, in a way, I mean, kind of, I mean, like, he's got glasses and he's an old man, that's pretty much the extent of it, but, uh, but he's, he's, he was, he's great in that. Oh, and, uh, Bird Girl, too. She was one of my favorite characters, too. Uh, she's, uh, Phil Ken Seven's daughter, uh, Judy, the, the, she, so she's the daughter of the, uh, head of the law firm and she, her gimmick is that she aspires to be like Birdman or like Harvey. And, uh, and whenever she's at the, works at the law firm, she starts working there, I think like season three. Yeah. Season three. And, uh, she wants to be a hero like Harvey. Um, there's this running joke that, you know, throughout the rest of the show when she shows up that, uh, she can't reveal her secret identity to her dad because her dad works at the law firm and so does Harvey. So Harvey knows, but Phil doesn't. And there's, there's this really creepy, but funny because they don't go too far with it. There's this funny, uh, recurring and uh, along with that joke, there's this funny recurring joke where Phil always tries to hit on Judy, not knowing that Judy not knowing, he always tries to hit on Bird Girl, not knowing that Bird Girl is his daughter Judy, and uh, so it's it was always pretty funny. And also, uh, there's this running joke, or there's this part of the running joke where Judy is all, or Bird Girl is always trying to figure out, like she's she's like, oh no, I can't reveal my secret identity because if I do, or I I can't you know take off my mask because if I do, then my dad will find out that I, you know he'll find out that I'm his actually his daughter you know, and you know she's actually saying it out loud instead of talking to herself. I I, I always found that funny. Um, oh, and then there's a uh, Mr. Potamus, this Jewish hippo guy who <laughs> he's stupid too, but he, he's a funny character. But yeah, so this one has a very interesting premise, uh, very unique premise too. And uh, it has good characters, and it, and it has good animation. The animation actually got a significant upgrade in season two, uh, which I liked because in season one the animation was a little more stilted, uh, similar to you know like Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, where uh, it it in a way felt like th- uh, it was fr- str- you know plucked straight from the '60s cartoon. And I think a lot of season one, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of it was because a lot of those characters. Uh, that are in Harvey Birdman are were from the original 60s cartoon. So, but I like that go, you know, starting with season 2, they did upgrade the animation uh to for it to uh for it to be more fluid. It, it looked better. Um So yeah, I guess that's it. Oh, and the finale was pretty good too for that show. It and it's one of the few that actually had a half-hour finale. So, that was cool. Um so yeah, uh, coming up at number three, we have C Lab twenty twenty one. Now, <laughs> out of all the shows, of of what of these of out of all five of these shows, 
the most meta of them, the most meta and the mo- the one with the most self-aware jokes, at least until maybe Rick and Morty came along, you know. But of these five, the one that's the most meta and the most self-aware and the one with the most fourth wall breaks has to be C-Lab 2021. Uh, now, this show was originally... Uh, like I, like I mentioned earlier, this show is, is yet another spinoff of, or a retooling, if you will, of, uh, of a failed, uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon, basically called C-Lab 2020. And, uh, the premise, it's kind of similar to the premise of the original show, but basically the premise of C-Lab 2021 is, um, basically it's just these, it's basically these idiots. <laughs> Wait, okay. It's basically these this crew of uh, undersea or not undersea, but it's these crew of scientists and researchers working on uh, in an underground research lab uh, under the at the bottom of the ocean, and um, and that's pretty much it. And and the rest of the show is basically just everyone being a complete idiot. Well, not a complete idiot, but like basically everything going wrong in every way possible. Like a recurring joke in the show is that like nine times out of 10, like 90% of the time this, the lab w- it blows up at the end and it's the exact same explosion, <laughs> I guess, cause they didn't want to, which I guess, uh, is kind of funny. Like they didn't want to reuse, they didn't want to create like a new explosion, animate a new explosion. So they just you keep using the same one. But in each episode, uh, like m- more often than not, most of the time the show ends every episode with the lab just exploding due to the crew's inco- own incompetence. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. This show probably has the most stilted and least movement of the uh, of the uh, shows, of the five shows. I mean, there's still animation and there's still movement, but it's it's a little more dialogue driven than than the other four. Uh, I mean, there's still, you know, they still get into bizarre and wacky situations and, and there's still, like I said, movement in the animation, but it's just not as fluid and as it's, it's not as, there's not as much movement and it's not as fluid, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, 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 it's pretty funny. It's, it gets, it gets weird too, it, which I like. I, it just even weirder than, even weirder than, uh, I think it's the other than maybe Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's probably the weirdest of the five in terms of like how out there some of the episode plots are, and and just how how far they're willing to go with with some of these batshit insane ideas. <laughs> like uh, like there's one episode where there's this uh, there's this virus going around. Well, actually, actually, let me uh, let me talk about the characters real quick. So so yeah, the, there's a bunch of different characters. It's it's kind of like an ensemble cast, pretty much. Uh, but it's basically... Oh, actually, you know what? My mistake. Uh, C-Lab 2021 was from the 70s, not the 60s. My bad. I just now, I just now saw that. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry, I just got off topic. I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, so the show is filled with... Uh, you know, it's an ensemble cast. There's a wide variety of characters. And... Uh, <laughs> And they're and they're all and they're all pretty unique and and they all have their own, you know, moments to shine. They're all pretty funny and stand out. And uh, like there's Debbie, 
other other than there's two Debbies and there's this well it's not really a running joke but the first time that uh there's two Debbies and the first time that the black Debbie is introduced she's referred to as black Debbie and she's like well why not call the other one white Debbie and uh and they're like I don't know because we knew her first you know (laughs) like so it's just stupid stuff like that but but yeah there's uh but yeah, there's the the captain of the of the uh, team uh, Murphy, who should I don't know how he got qualified for that position because he's like the worst captain ever, but uh, but he he's great. Uh, Stormy, he's the who actually no he's probably the dumbest of all of them, uh, in terms of yeah he, he no no question about it he's the dumbest of all of the characters, um, but yeah he and then there's uh. Uh, there's, there's Sparks, who's like the maintenance guy and he's, and I don't, he's, and it's weird too. He's always sitting in this rolling chair. He never gets out. Like even, even whenever they like go up to the surface, like there's one episode where they go on an Island and the, they're getting picked off one by one by these chupacabras. He's always sitting in his chair <laughs> and it just cracks me up because it's such a simple and kind of stupid idea, but like like, uh, but the fact that he never gets out of his chair is just hilarious because I, I guess it also speaks to the fact that they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to have, I guess, too much movement and motion. Um, but I, I love that we never once see, at least as far as I can remember, I'm, I'm thinking back, I don't think we ever once see Sparks get up out of his chair and it's just hilarious because, and they make a joke about that too early on in the show where they're like, yeah, why are you? Or they make it a couple times actually, but they're like, "Yeah, uh, Sparks is crippled," and Spar- Sparks tells tells someone he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not crippled. I'm just, I'm just lazy." <laughs> That's the whole reason why he never stands up and moves around. Uh, it's just because he's lazy. But but yeah, and then there's uh, Marco, the the you know the sexy Latino guy, and uh, voiced by Eric Estrada, who which is kind of funny because one of Marco's favorite shows is Chips and Eric Estrada was on the 1970s show Chips. So I thought that was pretty funny that they got him to voice this, this, uh, this guy. Um, who else? Oh, MC Chris voices Hesh. He's not in it as often as some of the other characters. Like he's more of a recurring character, but he, he's pretty funny too. Uh, and he's also, uh, MC P pants in, uh, Aqua Teen, the, uh, you know the 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 spider that keeps getting re- dying and reincarnating as a different animal each time, um, yeah. And then, but yeah, the the whole voice cast is great. But yeah, you've got um, in addition to those, uh, you've got Black Debbie, uh, Dolphin Boy, who only speaks. You know, who, he's just this little tubby boy who only speaks via dolphin chirping, and, and <laughs> we never find out why. He's just you know we're just given that information about him and and nothing else it's just oh okay and then later in the show we're introduced to this uh uh shark called charco who's basically a combination who's basically the aftermath of marco drunkenly having sex with a female shark and he's basically the yeah the aftermath of it uh, and it's, it's so stupid because he has this just such calm docile voice just this nor- normal, boring voice, and he, he's a shark with Marco's hair and his arms and legs, <laughs> and he's got like tennis shoes on. Like it's just, 
but it's, it's just funny. And, but yeah, and, and then, uh, you have Dr. Quinn, who's pr- pr- pretty much the straight man of the group. Like everyone in a way is either stupid or a jerk or, or, or somewhere in the middle. And he's, I mean, he can kind of be a jerk and can be a little selfish, but he's the one whose morality is like, he, 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 you know, he, he has the most morals out of the group and, uh, and he's, uh, and he's the smartest one because he's the, their science, their, their chief scientist, uh, you know, he, he's like the head of the, um, the, uh, ah, shit. He, he's the head scientist of the, uh, of the entire research lab. So he's, so he's the smartest and it's always funny watching him like just have to deal with these dumb ass, with his dumb ass crew members because, you know, good Lord, he, he has, there, there are plenty of them, uh, including the captain, like I said, Murphy, the one, the one who probably shouldn't be leading, uh, but is leading, you know, is, is, you know, can be a complete idiot at times. Nowhere near, nowhere near Sparky levels, but he he can be a complete idiot. Um, but yeah, so and and and, uh, and I liked uh, and I liked um, and it's kind of it's played for laughs a lot. Uh, I mean, you know, and it's not it's not supposed to be taken too seriously, but I really did like the relationship between Doctor Quinn and Debbie, uh, not Black Debbie, White Debbie. Um, I I liked their chemistry and um, and I liked their their attitude. I liked their, yeah, I liked their chemistry and I liked how they played off of each other. Um, even though, even though they both could kind of be assholes to each other and they probably shouldn't be a couple, you know, they, they probably would be better off with other people. Um, they, they did have a sweet relationship and it and it was and a very entertaining one. It was very entertaining to watch, uh, <laughs> whenever, whenever an episode focused on them or even when it didn't focus on them, whenever we just, uh, had a little scene of them, you know, uh, interacting. It, it, it was funny, but yeah, this show has a lot of great episodes. Um, there's one where Dr. Quinn ends up putting, um, Captain Murphy's brain in a robot. And so everyone, uh, wants their brain in a robot body. And, uh, <laughs> and the whole reason why Quinn did this was because Murphy was threatening to, he was basically blackmailing Quinn into doing it, uh, with uh, photographic evidence of Quinn cheating on Debbie. So he's like, hey, if you don't want me to tell Debbie, you know, if you don't mean to show Debbie these photos of you cheating on her with, uh, I forgot what her name was. It, it, we, it's, it's, it's not really, it doesn't really matter. We don't see her, but we don't see the who he's cheating on. But he's like, hey, if you don't want me to uh, reveal who you were cheating on to Debbie, you know, make me a robot body, you know. <laughs> and then there's one where they're fighting... <laughs> There's one where they're playing a football game in this in the lab against an army of robot police guards who coincidentally work in an underwater prison that is just right across from the sea, from the sea lab. <laughs> like it's literally like and we never see it up until that point. Like we we see the robot police guards are like, "Oh, hey, yeah, it's time for the football game." It's I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But uh we see them leave the the prison and it's like like 50 feet away from the lab and we we've never seen it up until that that point um but that's a good episode the chupacabra one like i said was great um there's one episode actually there's a couple episodes where we are basically shown the uh the crew 
where it's basically the characters in the show portraying their voice actors. And it's basically like, oh yeah, what if C-Lab was actually a live action show? I mean, it's still animated, but it's like they're, the characters in the show are pretending to be their live action counterparts, like their live action, their voice actors. And it's basically uh, an animated crew filming the show and, and they're playing it as if the show was actually a show that was filmed instead of like, you know, filmed in a live action setting instead of, instead of uh, animated. So those, those episodes are pretty funny. And, um, oh, and the one, <laughs> one of my favorites, the, uh, the one where Captain Murphy is trying to put on a Christmas pageant and, and they substitute. And the fu- the funny thing is they substitute all the different religions they they substitute in different names for each of the religions, but you can kind of guess based on context clues and the, and the little hints uh, that they give about the religions, you can kind of guess what they are. But he basically puts on this Christmas quote unquote pageant, uh, and but but he's trying to, but everyone keeps claiming that it's offensive and uh, disrespectful and intolerant of the other people on C Lab who celebrate other religions and other holidays during Christmas time, quote unquote. And uh, and we never see the pageant. It's just Murphy getting pissed at everyone for for pointing out all the flaws in his directing and choices and in in the the screenplay and all that, you know, like, so we never actually see the pageant. We just see him getting frustrated, all of them for pointing out his, his flaws in, in his own uh, work, which, which is hilarious. And in that episode, uh, so I was like, Oh, cool. We got a Christmas episode, but it, it reminded me of that one South Park episode where Mr. Hanky first shows up and it's, ba- it's basically the town, trying to put on a Christmas pageant at the school, but they keep, but someone keeps getting offended by something. So they keep having to water it down until it's practically just a winter pageant, you know, with no, no themes of Christmas or any other holiday. <laughs> so that was, that was a great episode. Um, but yeah, so, so the show's great and I loved the finale too. It was only 11 minutes, but it was one of the most meta, like self-aware fourth wall breaking finales of a show I've ever seen where it was basically just it was like I said it was basically the characters uh at an award or like at an award show pretty much it was basically like a clip show and the announcer uh, there was this female announcer you know giving the cast uh questions and um and you know like like they made they made there were so many funny jokes like a guy in the audience asked Debbie uh, if he would marry her, she told him to stand up and then she looked at him and she's like, Oh no, sit down <laughs> like that. And the whole, the whole audience just laughed at him. And then there was another guy that stood up and asked them. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Are you guys playing your characters? Or are you playing the actors who portray you guys? Are you, are you guys playing your, are you guys the characters? Or are you guys your live action voice actors? And they didn't know how to answer. They were just standing there like, uh, I don't know what should we do? And, um, but there's so many great moments in the episode too. On top of that, there's like every time, like we cut back from commercial every so often and there's like this weird editing where it shows a clip, the audience is laughing and then it just cuts right to the announcer, uh, right, right to the woman, uh, giving them the questions basically saying, Oh yeah. And now, now, uh, back to this, you know, we're going to ask you a question, you know, and she, her outfits keep changing and, it's, I don't know. 
it's hard to explain. I mean, maybe I'm not explaining it the best, but it's just very funny, very meta. And the fact that they tease a next another season of Sea Lab, and then right after we see in the traditional Adult Swim bumper uh, style, oh yeah, no, <laughs> there's no new, there's no next season of Sea Lab. This was the last episode. So the fact that they kind of trolled the fans watching the show that oh yeah no this is the season this is the series finale of the show there's gonna be no more after this uh, was hilarious so um, oh and the one episode where Debbie is trying to interview the crew the male crewmates to see who will make a a good father for her baby uh, she wants to have a baby so she interviews the male crewmates or crew members in order to see who'd make who whose father material and who isn't. Uh, that was, that was a great one, but yeah, so, so great show, uh, yeah, higher on the list, you know, number three, well, it's right down the middle, that's not bad, uh, but it, it's, it's funny, and, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's, I guess that's about it, yeah, uh, okay, coming up at number two, we, final two, uh, at number two, we have The Brack Show, so, uh, this show, <laughs> it's probably the, one of the, one of the more random and bizarre shows of the uh of the five but basically the plot is they it's Brack who and Zorak who are two of Space Ghost's villains so it's a spin-off of Space Ghost Coast to Coast which was a spin-off of Space Ghost but it's basically in the style of a sitcom it's basically Brack uh living in a suburban house with his mother and father, who's his mother's the, an alien, like the same race as him, and then his father is this short Cuban guy for some reason, and uh, and they never and they don't have names; they're just mom and dad, and, and even other people in town and other characters that we meet throughout the show refer to them as mom and dad, never, uh, never by whatever their actual names are supposed to be, uh, and then Zorak is kind of like is basically playing like Brack's best friend. Like his begrudgingly best friend who hangs out with him every so often, I guess out of pity or out of, you know, just manipulating Brack into, you know, doing some stupid shit like stealing their high school mascot and, um, and, and, you know, setting things on fire and stuff like that. You know, he's basically the bad influence. He's basically the, the, the cool bad friend that Brack wants to hang out with. And so he does, and it, and in doing so, you know, gets him into a, a shit ton of trouble. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this show is funny because of just how random things can be, and um, and I don't know if it it's it goes as far out there as like like Sea Lab or Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but it um, but it 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 can get very random very quickly, and uh, but I just love it because they play it like a typical sitcom. Like the even the intro, like uh, it's just there's no, there's no words to it or anything. It's just um, oh, actually something I forgot to mention about Sea Love twenty twenty one. I love the intro for that. Um, it sounds very good. It's like this very kind of garage rock type uh, type um, it has this very garage rock sound to it, and uh, and I love the singer. I, I'm not sure who she is or the band. I'll have to look it up. But but it it's it, it's my second favorite intro of the of the intros from the five shows from these five uh anyway sorry i forgot to mention that so but anyway so they play like i said they play the show serious in some aspects and then it just goes insane 
in other aspects. Uh, but, but like, like the intro is just this instrumental, but it's just basically, uh, showing the characters, you know, like how in full house where the actors would turn to the camera and smile and underneath them would appear the actor's name. Well, that's basically what the, (laughs) what the Brack show does. So even though these are characters in the show, you know, we, we get, we get them like turning to the camera and smiling and then we get the, the voice actors for the characters underneath, you know, that, uh, appear underneath, uh, the actual characters, which, which is funny. And then usually throughout or towards the end of every episode, uh, Brack's dad gives him a, uh, a sappy speech, kind of like, like again in full house, you know, where, uh, where, uh, Dan Tanner would, or Dan would often give, uh, his girls this, you know, teary, sappy speech at the end with the, this dramatic music and, and that, and, and not just Full House. I mean, that was kind of a staple of a lot of eighties and I guess somewhat nineties sitcoms, but mostly eighties. And, uh, and most of the time what he says has nothing to do with what's going on and it just comes out of nowhere and it's just hilarious. Um, but yeah, so, and there's, and I think one of my favorite characters though, like Andy Merrill does a great job as Brack. C. Martin Croker once again voices Zorak. Uh, George Lowe voices another uh, voices uh, Dad voices Brack's dad, uh, and he and again sounds nothing like Space Ghost. Like he he puts on a great, you know, different persona and a, a different, completely different and unique voice from from his uh, from his role as Space Ghost, and it sounds great. And then uh, Marsha Crenshaw and Joanna Daniel voice both voiced Brack's mom at certain points and it's funny too because uh brack's mom starts out with this american accent for like the first season or two and or i think the first season or maybe the first two but anyway for for a little while throughout the show she has this accent um, this american accent and then about halfway through the show uh she's speaking in this british accent and no one questions why like it's never brought up and that's hilarious that they didn't ask the uh, replacement, Marsha Crenshaw, or I mean, Joanna Daniel. It's funny that they didn't ask her to put on an, an American accent or they didn't get someone who had an American accent. They just got someone who was English or British and um, basically just said, yeah, just talk in your normal voice or, or 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 if she is putting on an accent, you know, hey, just put on a British accent. It, it'll be funny, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was it was very funny. Uh, and Carrie Means, who voices Frylock and Aquatine, voices uh, Brack's neighbor Thundercleese, who's this giant robot who can fly off the handle at times, and um, he's a very funny character, and he, he has a good amount of screen time in the episodes he premieres, he shows up in, and uh, they're very, he, he has some very funny dialogue, and very, it's very funny interactions with Zorak, because Zorak's such an asshole to him, and uh, like, he's always like, destroying his garden or just like throwing rocks and stuff at him and just taunting him and and thunder always blows him up every time and it's like zorak knows what's coming but he, he's such an asshole he just you know decides to <laughs> go along with it um but yeah so so yeah it's a very funny show and and i love too uh some of the episodes like uh the one where brack has to perform a rap battle with uh this um rapper prime cut voiced by CeeLo green that was a good episode uh the one where they like i said they steal their high school mascot mr bok bagok which which was the first episode that was good uh the one where dad and mom 
accidentally murder Zorak by running over him and eating him, like cutting him up, eating him, and getting rid of the body. <laughs> it's such such a dark episode, but that that was a good one. Um, and yeah, there were there were just so many so many good episodes. Uh, but I mean, the, just to name a few, the, those were some of them. And um, and yeah, I, I guess that's about it. It's uh. And and also every so often a, a running joke throughout the show is sometimes Brack will just randomly burst out into song for no particular reason, other than that he just likes to sing, and uh, <laughs> and and the songs are so stupid, but like they're so well put together that they're they're actually kind of you know they're like hey this sounds pretty good you know, and um, but yeah it's it, it's a great show it's obviously my second yeah it's my second favorite it's very funny. Uh, has has very more, clearer animation like again the animation of the Brack show is very is more fluid and not not as stilted and limited as uh the first season of Harvey Birdman and the majority of Space Ghost Coast to Coast was so uh all right so uh coming up on the last one um so right, right at number 1 obviously if you know the five from the uh if you know the five original shows you know which one I saved for last. Saved the best for last. Uh, number one, my favorite of the five original Adult Swim shows is Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So, um, yeah, this uh, this show is one of my favorite Adult Swim shows. It's actually my second favorite behind Rick and Morty. Um, but in terms of, of, of just these five, it's my favorite. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's my second favorite Adult Swim show of all time. Um, counting, you know, like I said, Rick and Morty. And, um, it's just, and, and, and this was actually, uh, this show was a spinoff of Space Ghost Coast to Coast because there was one episode where it was basically, uh, they were pilot, they were testing, uh, the characters of Shake, Master Shake, Frylock, and Meatwad in that show to see if they would, if they could do, if they would do well in their own spinoff show. And, um, and it turns out, uh, I guess Michael Lazo loved them because they ended up getting their own show. And for the longest time, it was actually Adult Swim's longest running show. That is until uh, Robot Chicken and Squidbillies beat it because they've been running since 2005 and they're still going on. So th- those two have now both, they've both now beat uh, Aqua Teen as the longest running show. But at, a, at one time, it was Adult Swim's longest running uh, show, which is quite an accomplishment, considering, especially considering that it was one of the ones that premiered during the original lineup. Like the fact that it outlived, you know, the other four, you know, for a good long while is crazy. And it's also, again, as of now, the the fir- the only Adult Swim show to get its own theatrically released movie, the uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters. That long ass name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but but yeah if if you like the show you'll like the movie too it's it's got it's very random and very off the wall batshit insane bizarre and it's it's got similar humor as the show and the animation got a little bit of an upgrade not much but you can tell it, you know it it is you know improved a little bit upon than it is in the show but yeah so so basically the show getting back to the show the show is basically about these three fast food items master shake frylock and meatwad who are superheroes slash detectives 
but they only ever touch upon that in like the first few episodes of the first season, and then after that, it's basically just them doing random shit. Like one episode, uh, Car like Frylock invents this space toilet, uh, and it Carl ends up pulling a lever that sucks him into the toilet and killing and kills him, and so the whole episode is them trying to build a new body for Carl because the only thing that's left that didn't get chopped up by the toilet was his head. Uh, another one, Carl gets, uh, possessed by this magic flute from this, uh, furry, this guy that dresses up in a bunny suit named Hoppy Bunny, and, uh, and he basically turns into, like, this weird mutant elf with the, like, the flute has these weird veins that basically lodge themselves into his brain, and he's forced to play it, and, um, (laughs) and, uh, and then all these furries just come out of nowhere and start dancing and invading, you know, Carl's property and the Aqua Teen's privacy. Um, there's one where these, uh, God, there's so many good episodes. Uh, there's one where the, uh, the Plutonians are trying to steal cable from the Aqua Teens and they've built a portal to, to steal it. And, um, and, you know, it, and it's funny too, because, you know, the whole show is basically just, you know, it's probably it again with uh probably more than C Lab, it's the most random and insane, surreal, bizarre show of the bunch of the of the five. And it's um it's it the plots go so out there sometimes it's like, what the hell am I even watching? <laughs> and uh but it's it's very funny. And there's and to me there's not really that many there's, there's, I don't think there's really a bad episode. There's some episodes that aren't as funny as others, but it's one of the more, it's the most, again, maybe besides Rick and Morty, I know I keep bringing that up, but it's the most consistently funny of the, of the shows. It's one of the most consistently funny, funny, sorry. It's one of the most consistently funny Adult Swim shows of the bunch of these five and including Rick and Morty. Um, although it, like I said, in my opinion, Rick and Morty is a little funnier. Um, but yeah, it's just the plots, the plots are so crazy and so out there at times. And, uh, and the, the cast is great. And, and also they live next to this, uh, human, uh, Carl, who's one of my favorite characters in the show as well. He's practically a main character. I mean, even though, you know, like every time you see promotional material for the show, it's shake Frylock and Meatwad, but it, um, you know, but it, uh, it, it's just, it's funny and and it's, but yeah. Um, so I'd recommend, uh, I recommend all these shows. They're all great. If you like, if you like animated shows, if you like adult animation, if you just like weird, bizarre out there stories and characters, I think you'll like all five of these. Or if you like Rick and Morty, if you've ever seen Rick and Morty, you'd like the original. I feel like you'd like at least one, if not all of the original the sh- five shows from the original lineup. So, uh, so that about does it for, uh, tonight's episode. Um, oh, and the voice, uh, cast, I want to say the voice acting for Aqua Teen's pretty good. Dana Snyder, Carrie Means, they're all great. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that does it for tonight's episode. Thanks for joining me for the season three premiere, and I will see you guys tomorrow night with a movie review. Um, so yeah, take care. <laughs>